I'm, I'm giggling because if you and I live together, um, you would say Alicia does laundry every day because I do, but it's usually the same load because I forgot that <laughs> I, <laughs> I did the load and then I go down the next day and I was like, God, I didn't move it over to the dryer. So uh, my current load, which is hilarious that you brought this up, has been washed three times. And you just reminded me that I rewashed it yesterday. And I, it's is still, it still in the washer. Is yeah. it still in the washer? Oh, see, my yeah. load for today is down in the dryer. It's Mine's been in there probably since Sunday, if I'm being <laughs> honest. And ladies and gentlemen, it's Thursday. This is On Call. House would be really cool to just wear scrubs all the time. Then you don't have to think about what you're going to wear to work. Joke is awesome. We're here to answer your questions. We can sit down and discuss all. Wait, I gotta go. I'm on call. Wait, you're on call? I thought I was on call. (laughs) (laughs) Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of On Call with April Alicia. I'm April, and I'm Alicia. How's it going, Alicia? It's going, April. How are things going with you? I'm good. Just keeping busy. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, it's, we're shifting into the new year. Things have (laughs) definitely uh, started to speed up a little bit. I I heard, I know we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but you've got a a puppy that's not feeling so well. How's Baxter doing? I do. I know he's okay, but he's doing this weird breathing thing every now and then. So he's freaking Mm. us all out. So I don't know. What his deal is, but I have a call out to the vet and I sent a video over so he can see it. Uh, That's so a, the w- wonders of technology, right? <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, let me just videotape you real quick while you're doing this really strange thing. <laughs> and, I, and then I can email it over. <laughs> it was funny uh, for listeners earlier. We were like, hey, are we going to be able to record? Are we not going to be able to record? Um, you know, April's got a sick dog. And of course, we prioritize us members of our family. And um, she's like, no, no, everything's fine. Like I sent a video and, and the vet's mobile too. So they'll come here. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it must be nice. So <laughs> it is super nice. My vet is mobile. So he comes right to the house with his big van and does everything right here. Like Baxter had to have surgery. I don't know, like six months or a year ago. And they did it right outside my house. And then, um, and then Are he you carried kidding? him. No, I'm not kidding. No, he has like a generator and. They do anesthesia and all that right in the van. He's like, I got a little clinic there and does surgeries. And then he carries him into the house for me and tucks him in and, and oh. then gives me his medicines right there. Like I don't have to go get medicines at the pharmacy or anything for him. I just get it right there at the vet. So it's commitment to the cause folks. So we can never say uh, you never have an excuse for missing anything, <laughs> at least not with your pets. Now, if only we could get our pediatricians to do that, that would be great. I know. Pediatricians could just show up to the house and carry our kids back in when we're, when we're done. Uh, yeah, there is like a, a mobile a primary care in my area. Actually, it's the one that person that I used to work with as a hospitalist at Frederick. He started his own kind of mobile primary care. For adults? For kids? For adults. Yeah. Oh, so he'll, he can go. Same thing. Has a van. He can go and see people at their houses and stuff. So It's almost like concierge medicine. Yes. I I think he does it kind of like concierge. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I always go right into it like a darker space though. Like what, what if things go wrong? I know. (laughs) uh, There's something about the environment, like the, even the office environment, which I admittedly outside of just clinicals didn't spend a ton of time in office, but um, just like the protection of like, I know where this is and I know where, where these items are should 
I need to support a patient in a different way. I just wonder how you get all of that either in your car or a van or a, something to make sure you've got all the right things that would, oof, that would make me nervous. But I, know. I would actually, I'd love the service. Yeah. I mean, it's super convenient, but I agree. There's, I think, but I think that also just comes from working in the hospital for so many years where we have everything at our fingertips, right? So something goes wrong, we can handle it. So being outside of that environment would be weird for me. Right. But do you think it like encringes just a little bit? Like, I don't know. It, with Baxter, you're, we're talking about Baxter, even, you know, if there was like this magical pediatrician that showed up for your house, like it, we're doing it because we're, we're working remotely. Right. And for right. the most part, we're, we're home and, and being home is, um, it's convenient for our jobs, but, uh, you know, I think it maybe lends towards a little bit of what we wanted to talk about today about work-life balance. And is that really balance? <laughs> I mean, it helps, but is this really a work-life balance to have your vet coming to your house and doing surgeries outside of your house so that you can continue to prioritize work or, you know, I don't know. It'd be interesting as we, we delve into this topic. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. It is interesting. I mean, it's super convenient. The day he had surgery, I worked <laughs> while he was in yeah, surgery sure. and I didn't have to go anywhere and like wait in the, in the vet's office, you know, and try to work from there. So it was, it was nice. What, like in that buzzword context, because, you know, we hear that everywhere. I feel like we're always hearing new buzzwords and, and work-life balance certainly isn't a new buzzword. But um, something that we're hearing a lot more organizations start to tackle, um, address, it, like in your opinion, why do you think we're even talking about it right now? Like what are you experiencing in the APP lane at Sound or what, what do you think the, like the, the benefit of talking about having this conversation is. Yeah, I think it's the benefit, I think, is that it does impact a lot of people, right? I think that, um, you know, there are people who are working at home, which, you know, it does make it hard, I think, to turn it off, right? Like, because if you're working from home, your work is always there, right? So you right. could, you know, you you could work through the evening, you could put your kids to bed, and then you can work when they go to bed. Um, and so I think one thing is just more virtual working and remote working is kind of offset that balance for people, which I don't mm -hmm. know that even before that, if people had balance, you know, right. like, so I think it probably exacerbated the, um, the issue. And, you know, I mean, there's when a lot you of say people before that, that, do you, are you talking about like before the pandemic before? Yeah. Before like before what? COVID, before people started working yeah. more remotely. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. I don't even right. know that it was balanced then. I mean, there's a lot sure. of people that we work with that have small kids and, or even if they don't have small kids, they have grown kids, but they're running around for sporting events or, you know, other events at school and things like that. And it's hard to to find that balance to make sure that when you're home, you're fully engaged with your family and doing what you need to do at home. But also at work, you're fully engaged in work and doing what needs to be done there. And I don't know right. that people always have that balance right. And I think you're right. I think there was somewhere I read that you know, prior to the pandemic, so 2019, <clears throat> in that time, there's something like 26% of our work was taken home just generically. And then after the pandemic, 40% of our work was still happening at like by 10 o'clock at night, we were still on our computers at home completing work. And we were spending what, eight, eight, 10 hours a day at home, still yeah. doing 
productive things, but a little bit more time than what we were even getting in the office spaces. Or I, I guess we couldn't really translate this clinically because uh, we didn't remote clinically necessarily. But um, from the from an admin perspective, yeah, like we we ended up working more. Yeah. Well, and I think back to you know the days when I was an early hospital, you know, PA working in hospital medicine, and I there was days where. You know, I would see all my patients, I would start all my notes, things like that. But then there was stuff that I finished at home, right? I finished all my documentation or things like that. Um, and, you know, that's not a balance. Um, I'll tell you the one thing that the moment that I realized that this was an issue for me mm-hmm. and made me think about this was very early on in being in a leadership role. So I don't even know that I was officially like in a director role yet, but I was helping with all these APP committees in my region and nationwide at Sound. And it was my daughter's first day of school and I got, I had a call scheduled for the time I had to take her to the bus. And so I get on the call from my house and I say, oh yeah, you know, today's the first day of school and, and whatever. So we're talking and, you know, while I'm on the call, I'm driving her down to the bus stop and waiting there. And the leader who was on with me at the time for the head of my region said to me, April, um, it's okay. We can run this call, you know, without you or we can reschedule, but you need to go be with your daughter right now. Cause he could hear me at the bus stop with all the people in the background. Right. And he said, you know, you need to hang up the phone and go be with your daughter and focus on her because this is her first day of school. And this is something that you don't get back, right? You don't get those moments back with your kids. And I did, I hung up and, you know, put her on the bus and everything was great, but I was so thankful in that moment that a leader in organization was like, Hey, you know, go focus Mm -hmm. on your family first, you know, right now. Um, And it really kind of opened my eyes to the, to the topic. So I think as I've grown in leadership, I've kept that moment in my head and always tried to make sure I had that balance. Sure. I, I've always, always struggled with the term work-life balance. And I guess, yeah, by definition, you know, if I were to, if somebody were just to say, Hey, Alicia, what what does work-life balance mean to you? And I, I don't look it up. I go 50-50, right? Immediately, I think 50-50. So it's like 50-50 work or 50% work, 50% home life, that there's this perfect balance. Um, and to me, that just doesn't seem attainable ever. Um, well, I don't think it is. I mean, if you parents, think about that right? way, yeah, it's not black and white, I don't think. Um, and right. It's funny that you say that because a new concept that's been coming about a little bit is more of this concept of like a work-life integration, right? Because it's not just work mm-hmm. that we have, right? Like we have work, which is our career. We have our and work community. is part of our life. Right. Work is right. life. So you say to me, it's like not being devil's advocate all the time, but work-life balance to me is like, well, work is life. So how it's part of my life. So how am I balancing what's already part of my, you know, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know that that makes full sense to me. And also, I guess it doesn't offer solution. How do you balance work, which is part of your life perfectly right. to match your home? Like, I don't know. And, and maybe I'm getting just caught up in nomenclature, but I, I, I just, again, struggle with this. So this, this will be good to talk about. Well, I think you have a point. I mean, this new concept kind of talks about just sort of balancing all of it, right? So you have your work, you have your community, you know, if you're involved mm-hmm. in your community and you do things like, you know, like my kids and I go do community service and there's things that we do. I coach, you know, I was a Girl Scout leader. So there's things I do in my community. You have your home and your family and then, but then you also have yourself, right? Like you have your health, your well-being, like you taking care of yourself. And so I think the concept is kind of morphing into this thing where it's more just how do you integrate those four aspects of your whole life 
and figure out the balance that works best for you and your, and your family and your career. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, it's, it's, I think for me, it's the word balance. Um, and, and to me, and I don't know how you feel as a mom where I already feel stretched thin as a yeah. colleague, you know, I, I, I owe a lot of projects to my partners. I am very invested in wanting to be a good colleague and a great partner. I want to be a great leader for my um, clinicians and my teams. And sometimes that carries over into my personal life a bit. And, but I, but I wonder if I put this hard stop up sometimes and neglect my work after let's just say 6 p.m. I turn all things off. I don't know that my balance is any better at home because now I'm just ruminating about. When you're worried about work, you're worried about what you're yeah. going to do at work. Well, yeah, I'm that, worried about who's affecting to-do list. Well, yeah, correct. And I, I, I struggle with that part of the balance. I don't know how I, I fully how to deal with that. I think you and I have talked about this. We've worked together in leadership space for for years, and I actually took a lot of cues from you on how to begin to turn off, but I feel guilt. And the word, then you compound that guilt with that word again, balance. And to me, I feel responsible for being able to identify how to balance. And the balance also feels like some, somebody's going to get, you know what I mean? Somebody's going to get impacted or I'm going to have to give a little bit more here. Like there's, it's never going to be favorable 50, 50. Um, So then I, get the stress of the word balance. How do I balance it? And it's truly does come down to my responsibility to balance. It's not my employer's responsibility. Um, but it is, I guess, maybe my employer's responsibility to to identify or help maybe help define what's priority to them and and maybe how I can function within their definition of, or maybe not definition, expectations of what they need from me as a clinician or as a, as a colleague. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And I don't think that it's always a 50, 50 balance every day. Like, I think it's a fluid thing. You know, there's some days where, you know, work has to take priority because there's a lot of things that need to be done. Then there's some days that a kid is really sick, right. And we have to be home for them and we have to focus on that. Um, And so I don't think it's, it's constantly the same. I think it's kind of a fluid thing that changes over time, but there are some things that I think really can contribute to this feeling of off balance or feeling like you're not Mm -hmm. prioritizing things right. And, and some of it are things like lack of control. Like if you feel like you have a lack of control of the situation or your schedule, um, you know, if you have unrealistic demands, right? Like I remember when I first started this leadership role, like I wanted to finish my to-do list every day or at least every week. And it's just not realistic. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. there's just so much Mm -hmm. that we have going and not everything is a priority that has to be done right away. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there are certainly some things if you have unsupportive relationships, like if you just don't have, you know, at home or at work and you don't have people that are supporting you and helping you, um, if you don't have the resources you need to get what you need done, like that also contributes because you feel like you need to do something. But if you're waiting on something from somebody else, or if you're waiting on to get something else on your computer or whatever it is, then you can't do mm-hmm. it. And that you feel how kind of helpless in that moment. And you're just kind of waiting. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Or if you don't have the skills that you need to do it. Right. Like I think back to, you know, when we were new, new APPs and there was just some skills that we hadn't acquired yet. And so I would need help doing things and, you know, you have to kind of wait and get that help. And so that also can make you feel just that lack of control and and off balance. 
And then mm-hmm. high stress levels too. Like when we're stressed, everything seems like such a bigger deal, you know, cause you're stressed out. So I would agree. And I would go back to the comment before about employers setting the tone. Uh, I remember a time and you and I were working together and, um, there, there were times that at least how I interpreted messaging coming from my leadership at that time was it, if the phone rang, I picked it up. It didn't matter yeah. what time my leader was calling or my boss was calling. Like work was work and work was 24-7. And it was disruptive. It was just I could be in the middle of things with my kids, but I had been conditioned to believe that my job depended on me being fully accessible. And as employer, like the one thing I've taken into my practice with my ambassador team has been really respecting, first of all, time zone, because we do work across the entire country. So uh, East Coast um, is it's not ideal to be calling somebody in Tacoma at uh, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, but at the same time that I'm you know mindful of how I'm and what time zones I'm communicating, but also detaching and and um, not expecting my team to communicate with me after business hours. If there's something that we you know need to address, we'll try to address it within reasonable business hours. but if I if to me if I set that pace or that tone, then it gives them a little more permission to detach. And uh, you know I think sound has done that recently. I don't know if you've noticed in your emails, but if I am up working late, shocking. Um, and I'm sending <laughs> you never an email. do that. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, what? Right? It's like as we're talking we about work-life that? balance, because I don't like the word. Um, but if I'm up working late, I will go to send an email, and in our inbox now will say, "Do you want to send this now?" Yes. And it it reminds me. Why am I, I'm working for everybody else. So now, especially <laughs> like in the age of notifications, we we're already trying to disconnect from work, but our work is now tethered in our mobile devices. So your notification for your email goes off and I'm, cause I'm sending it at 1130 at night. And now I've <laughs> woken a few people across the country up who feel compelled to answer because I sent it at 1130. So just yes. little tiny things that I think the organization, at least I've recognized And this, again, you bringing this topic up, was jogging my memory of what the little things we've done. Yeah, no, um, I agree. I mean, I definitely, I see it too. Right. And, you know, I do try really hard to, to not work, you know, outside of work hours, but um, you know, there is this concept that if a leader from the organization is sending you an email after hours or on the weekend, you do feel compelled to respond, even though you're doing something. And so I'm very conscious about that too. Like, even if I want to type the emails because I'm working and I want to get it, you know, in my queue, then I'll save all the drafts until like Monday morning or the next morning if it's at night. And then I send them during normal business hours so that people don't feel the need to respond to me, you know, in off hours. So. Right. Right. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, Well, and I think there's some, you know, particular challenges for, you know, I feel like we always say working moms, but it could be any working parent, right? That things like, you know, you're just trying to balance multiple responsibilities. You have that that long list of things to do. Um, we often, as a parent, tend to put other people's needs before your own, right? So you have to try to remember to to take that time to prioritize yourself too. You know, you got to work as a team. Like at my house, mm-hmm. my kids know we're a team, right? So if 
if it's trash day, my kids pull the trash and they take it out to the curb. And while well, one of them does that, the other one does the dishes. Like they get the mail every day. And these are just little things, but it it's another thing I, my husband or I would have had to do, right? And so we've trained them that we're a team and we function as a team. And there's very simple tasks that they can do regularly to help us out, which really makes a big difference. Yeah, I think um, the other things too are, and these become more internal things that maybe we can manage, some things we can't manage, but my schedule to me is is really a driving force for for what my like mental state is by the end of the day. If I have any control of my schedule, I I do try to when I say balance, I try to lighten it a bit. Um yeah. what what work can be done, you know, what communication can be done by quick phone call versus a meeting? What projects um are, how are we prioritizing projects are we doing like are we balancing really high pressured projects um with you know slower paced projects so that we're not burning our teams out or burning ourselves out or you know last minute are we setting reasonable deadlines are we um setting reasonable expectations for ourselves and for me one of the hardest things is i can I'll book a entire day of calls and I, I look at it and it feels like accomplished, but the same token, I'll feel like I got nothing done. Well, then you have a whole thing of email full of new emails correct. <laughs> to respond to. You're correct. That's what I'm saying. Like you new emails, voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> right. The to-do list, to to list doesn't get done, but it's interesting because like the, the mentality is it feels so fulfilling. I could go back and say, April, look, like I can prove how busy I was with all these meetings, but then I'm like, why are you working till 10 p.m.? It's just like I've got another four or five hours of work because I was creating sometimes in some circumstances work that wasn't necessary or at least maybe not balancing my work yeah. through the week in a way that could have been more effective. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, too, I mean, it helps to just make your time count, right? So you got to that time that you're going to spend working if you want to, you know, set a boundary. So I try to set a boundary to say, okay, five o'clock I'm done. Cause I'm generally running out the door to some sort of practice or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. So I make that time, you know, that I'm working until then make it count, right? Like really make sure you're focusing, um, you know, using the time in between calls to, to get things off that list done, checking those emails so that when you are done the day, you don't feel like you have more things to do, you know, to finish your day. Which is, you know, easier said than done some days, but, you know, little things help. Um, The other thing, too, I think is that, you know, like you said, you know, you can be on calls all day and then you realize like, oh, my gosh, I didn't eat or I didn't even take a break. And so I am very conscious about trying to do that, too. Like sometimes at lunchtime, like if it's nice outside, I'll just scoot out for a 30 minute walk to clear my head to get a fresh you know, set of, you know, and then when I come back, I'm refreshed and I'm ready to finish my day, you know, the second half of the day. Right. But you do have to take those moments where you pull away and, and unplug a little bit and just clear your mind and give yourself some time to think. Yeah. And that's just not for people who are working remotely, obviously right. represent clinicians that are in the field and, you know, you can't necessarily just go home and walk outside, but we do even in the clinical setting, we have opportunities to take breaks. Those are offered to us. We don't usually do that. I don't think we we practice the (laughs) self-care of eating meals uh, or taking, truly taking that time. And maybe there's somewhere that says like we're weak or maybe not as much of a team player, but I, I would encourage any clinician listening to take that time 
it's built in. Yes. It's built into your comp. It's, it's, but it, most importantly, we all have to disconnect, especially in the hospital space. I think you'd agree. It's a constant state of fight or flight. You're yes. constantly living in a state of fight or flight, independent of what your role is. It, it is an up and a down and up and a down. And just, um, just like you mentioned, go out and walk walk around your hospital campus, like physically leave your floor or physically leave your office or physically leave the bedside, walk outside, go sit in the cafeteria, disconnect, turn your, you probably can't turn your perfect serve off or whatever your pager system is, but, but do your best to, to truly disconnect. Yeah. I mean, in my site, we always used to eat lunch together. Um, so, you know, most of us would, you know, finish rounding and admissions were so kind of right around lunchtime and we would all sit down and eat lunch together, which one gave us a break and gave us mm -hmm. nutrition, right, that we needed. But then also it helped us establish relationships with each other because during that time we would not talk about patients. We would talk about like what was going on at home or what oh, plans God. we had over the weekend. And so it would also give us a chance to get to know each other and build those relationships, um, mm -hmm. you know, so that we did know each other outside of work as well. And you know, the next time we had lunch, oh, you know, how did it go at the soccer game? Or, you know, how was this that you were doing? And and it really helped us also get to know each other more. And then at my old hospital, we used to have picnic tables like out back outside. So when it was nice outside, we would go outside and have our lunch, you know, for 15, mm -hmm. 20 minutes. Our pagers still worked. Our phones were still mm -hmm. on. Sure, but, sure. You know, we were we were eating outside and it felt like you were really getting a break and and we were in a new environment. Vitamin D, you know, me and vitamin D. We Yeah. I, I, mine's always low, so I need to get out there always. <laughs> every day. And you add this uh, horrific winter. Sorry, Northeasterners, but it's been terrible here. Um, no vitamin D. It is nice. It, uh, I, I will agree. I just You just jogged a couple memories of mine where I remember sitting outside and literally just like lifting my face to the sun and being like, oh. <laughs> like yeah. I don't want to go back in. But I did. And, you know, things happened. I, I mentioned that. I struggled with disconnecting, but also, you know, my goal being as a leader to set, set the tone, even for things that I'm not good at, you know, like not sending the emails late, not communicating with my teams late. So they didn't expect that they had to communicate back. Where, where's an area that you think you, you struggle? You've talked about what you do well. Where, where do you struggle in, in your work-life balance? Where's some area that you think you could improve on? Yeah, I do think... You know, I do still sometimes have that guilt, even though I feel like I'm, you know, good about sending boundaries and having a routine. There are some days where I still feel that guilt, like that, that heavy weighing, you know, I wake up at 3 a.m. Mm -hmm. and think, oh my gosh, like I need to get this done today. Um, you know, and so I, I do still struggle with some of that sometimes. And it's not necessarily more about like my to-do list. It's more of, I think, just sort of thinking about what I want to do, if that makes sense, like making decisions, mm -hmm. I guess, you know, so sometimes I'll sure. kind of have something that I'm like, okay, this is a challenge we're having and, you know, or, you know, we need to make a decision about something, which, you know, it, in our roles, like these are sometimes big decisions that we make. And right. so sometimes right. I will um, kind of ruminate over those, over those things for a couple of days. Um, and it does take my time away from work in terms of doing that. Like I'll, and I don't, but I don't know that that's necessarily anything I'm ever going to be able to turn off, but I will oh. oftentimes be thinking about those things you know, when I'm drying my hair in the morning or sure. whatever, you know, and no, I, I just think just... it's, it's more of a demonstration that we're all human and, and yeah. it, it's, I, to me, it just becomes awareness. We talk about what can we do to achieve optimal balance, whatever that looks like. 
so it, I, to me, it's just always refreshing to hear someone who's not like, hey, you know, so do this and go take a walk and, um, you know, go exercise, go do yoga. Do, and then I go like, well, so they do everything right. And I feel this guilt because I'm like, I, yeah. I can't do that perfectly all the time. It's just nice to hear that we all struggle, even if we've got all the right things that, you know, the right solutions. It, it, we're going to struggle here. And there's always something that we can improve on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to me too, it's the, I don't like things hanging over my head. Like I just, I'm just not that, like, I like to get things done and I like to check my list off. Um, you know, I use one note where you can do the check marks, which I absolutely love, by the way, it's such a satisfying feeling to like (laughs) put that check mark in and be like, Oh, I'm done. Um, and so, you know, if, if that list that's still pending, um, is there for a while that, that does weigh on me uh, a little bit. And I, Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. No, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say you said checklist and I was like yin and yang. This is April and I because like she's queen of organization and I <laughs> thrive in dysfunction sometimes. <laughs> and I, but I do think we're talking about, um, you know, what are things that can keep you, like we'll keep work-life balance. What are some, some recommendations? Organization, as much as I hate that word, um, being organized really yeah. cuts time and it when does. you're not and you are you know flying by the seat of your pants or it's i'm gonna yeah, i'll do this to, and, and not it doesn't have to be rigid but it's having some organization i've found just allows me to have more time back yeah even though no, sometimes organizing makes you feel like it takes more time to organize it, at least that's what i tell myself like it's going to take me so much time to organize this let me just do it all and then yeah, I, but once you know, it's there, it then it's organized, it. I, and yeah, then you just maintain it. It's not People as as bad as you think. <laughs> the you routine also helps. Make it yeah, making a routine also, and it's like little things. Like I do a load of laundry every morning. Like by the time my kids go to the bus Did stop, you say laundry? Yes, I do a load of laundry oh, every day, every morning. So by the time my kids go to the bus stop, <laughs> it's in the washer, and then by the time I'm ready for my first call, it's usually in the dryer. And I, it's so funny because my husband, he's a teacher, he's not home. Uh-huh. And so he doesn't realize that I do this. And so I said something the other day about, yeah, I do a little. He's like, you do a little laundry every day, April. And I was like, <laughs> I certainly do. Like, why do you think your clothes are always clean? Um, and so, but, but you know. It didn't do it itself? No, it just doesn't do it itself. But having routines like that, you know, like I plan my dinners ahead, you know, for the kind of, I kind of know what I'm going to have each day so I can put things in the crock pot, stuff like that, which I have the benefit of doing because I work at home. But I'll tell you one of the things you asked what I struggle with. Another thing I struggle with is delegating. Um, Mm. and so I, that's something I've always struggled with is just sort of delegating tasks out. And I think I have gotten much better over the years. Um, but that's something still that, you know, delegating it out and then, and then knowing it's going to get done on time and things like that. Sometimes that is a struggle for me. Yeah. It's just trusting and having to let go that you've, you've given a task and you can't control. Right. Which we work with great teams. And so it it does get done, you know, but it's. Um, you know, that's just my personality is that I have very high expectations for myself. I can tend to be a perfectionist. And so, um, delegating and what? knowing that it's going to, you know, I know you wouldn't believe it would do, but <laughs> delegating and knowing that it might, it's going to get done, but it might be a little different than I, I would have done it. Um, and that's not just work related. It's just how, ha- you know, having the kids do the things at the house, like they load the dishwasher sure. different than I do. Right. So, yeah. um, it's just things like that, that, those are the and things what's I worth letting work, go of a little on. bit, you know. Oh yeah. Did you load it right? Did you? You got to okay. pick your battles. We'll let you it know. Go. 
I, yeah, I mean, there I, was a day that I maybe would have reloaded it, but <laughs> now I do. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't well. surprise me. I'm I'm giggling because if you and I live together, um, you would say Alicia does laundry every day because I do, but it's usually the same load because I forgot that <laughs> I <laughs> I did the load and then I go down the next day and I was like, God, I didn't move it over to the dryer. <laughs> so uh, my current load, which is hilarious that you brought this up, has been washed three times. And you just reminded me that I rewashed it yesterday and I, it's is still, it still in the washer. Is yeah. it still in the washer? Oh, see my yeah. load for today is down in the dryer. It's mine's been in there probably since Sunday, if I'm being <laughs> honest. And ladies and gentlemen, it's Thursday. Thursday. It's that a is Thursday. a lot of days that you have rewashed. This Usually thing it's the kids saying, I can't find my shirt for da 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 da, or, you know, some sports shirt that's going to be, you know, they won't be able to play. And then it, it really, Put some heat to me. <laughs> to figure out. Mom, get it done. I know, I know. It's so pathetic, but folks, work-life balance. I'm just trying to be present with my kids. That's going to be my excuse right now. So, um, I'm not as great as April, but uh, or as organized. I am great in a different way, I'll say. Uh, but definitely, um, organization is an area I could certainly <clears throat> improve on. Yeah. Well, this has been fun to talk about this topic. It's something I. I like a lot. But one thing before we go, um, there are some things from a leader perspective that we can do to try to help our teams. And so we've touched on a a little bit of them already, but, you know, things like um, making sure you have a healthy culture, um, giving them opportunities to grow, you know, when they're ready and and things that they can, making sure that you have, you know, comfortable office conditions if you are in an office, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, promoting opportunities for those social connections. Like I talked about just having lunch with the team just went a long way because it felt like a true break, you know, when we were all kind of sitting around talking about things other than work Um, and then having a flexible work environment when you can. So just some food for thought for our listeners as they think about this. And probably the third, fourth, fifth time you'll hear me say it is I, we drive the culture as leaders. We, we get to, you know, I, our leaders, leaders I've had in the past drove a specific culture that, made me think I had to work all the time as leader. Now, as, as you, as a leader, we get to say to our teams, we prioritize our work time, but we also prioritize our home time, set the pace, set the tone, <clears throat> allow yeah. for our clinicians to, to, you know, fall into that. And, and, you know, there was just one stat that I thought was interesting as we wrap this part up as employers, we, data suggests that we're not even productive after 50 hours a week. So yeah. if we've got people who are working, working, working in, in, you know, 12, 15 hour days, we don't have productivity now. We might have a, a lot of work happening, but it, it's not necessarily productive. So it, it is something to think about. Like sometimes it's truly the adage of working smarter, not harder. Yeah, for sure. So that's a, that's awesome. Um, I, you know, if, if any of you guys out here have just even thoughts for other episodes, please feel free to reach out to us. We do have an email address that's on call podcast at soundphysicians.com, or you can certainly interact with us on social media. Our Instagram account is at on call with April and Alicia, and we'd absolutely love to hear from you. Love to hear show ideas. Love to hear any feedback that you have for our session. Yeah. Thanks. And, um, you know, thanks all for listening and until next time you guys stay well and we'll stay on call. We'll stay in call. Have a good one, guys.